really in the Bible. You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Today, I want to tell you how to have a relationship with God without religion. Yeah, you heard me, without religion. How to have a relationship with God without religion. You know, the word religion uh, just means people's beliefs and opinions concerning the existence, nature, and worship of a deity. Uh, you know, it, it's really it's sort of like people's opinion when you think about it. But... Let's ask a question, though. What was Adam and Eve's religion? What was their religion? You know, they really had a simplistic life when you think about it. I mean, it was Adam and it was Eve and it was God and uh, in the midst of them. And so when you ask, okay, well, what were, were they Baptists? Were they Catholic? You know, uh, did they wear funny looking things on their head? Did they wear a cross? Did they, you know, what was their religion? Well, there's several things, I think, that made their religion. Number one, they understood that they could obey or disobey God. In other words, obedience was voluntary. Whether they would listen to God or not was sort of up to them. And so they learned that lesson very quickly, by the way, when they disobeyed. But they, they learned that God's love had to be free that they had to be free to love God. It was a choice. And so obedience was, in fact, voluntary. They could obey, they could disobey, and they had that choice. So that's one thing that sort of constituted their relationship with God, their religion. The second thing was, I think this is important, they, that was the seventh day was a blessing, a memorial of creation. You know, six days, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his work, and that day was really a day to reconnect with God. And uh, really we're dealing with the importance of the Sabbath, Sabbath day here. But I think that was a part of their religion. Because you, you get that right. You know, you, if you don't understand this, you need to read the creation account again. And look at the importance of the seventh day of the week, which is the Sabbath day. It's a day of connectivity with God, a day to reconnect with God. Because your life is like an overloaded socket, you know, where your receptacle, where you have about 40 things plugged into the receptacle, and there's wires running. Well, the Sabbath is a day to disconnect and reconnect with God. That's what it's all about. So that, those two things sort of made up much of their religion. Did they... Uh, recite the Athanasian Creed, Adam and Eve. Was that a part of their religion? Did they get up every day and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Did, did, did they do that? No, not, not, they didn't do that. Well, where did they go to church, Adam and Eve? Well, I don't know. You know, um, it might have been the first naked church, I don't know, but, but I don't know where they went to church. I really don't know. Uh, I, I do know this, in Exodus 12 and verse 16, 
Well, let me just put that up there just to give you a reference. Uh, it says, in the first day there shall be a holy convocation. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, this Exodus 12 and verse 16 is the first reference to a commanded holy convocation, a holy meeting together. You find that in Exodus 12 and verse 16. What you may not realize is that it's 2,000 years later. It, you know, in other words, Genesis covers a period of, of, of close to 2,000 years. So we have a span of 2,000 years, and then we have the first reference to a holy meeting or a convocation, a church-going meeting, 2,000 years later. So when I ask, well, where did they go to church? I'm not sure I can answer that question. Uh, I do believe they rested on the Sabbath and, and honored God and creation in a very unique way, a very important way also. But I, I don't know where they went to church. Now, what's interesting, you know, as I talk about, okay, how to have a relationship with God without religion, what's interesting to me is that none of the avenues to attract people to God, none of these would have ever worked for me. Now, I know that. I don't know if I can get you to believe that or not, but, but you know, none of the avenues that are out there, be it church going, revival, gospel music of any type, religious music, um, gospel tracts that people hand you, uh, witnessing on the street, preaching, uh, television evangelists, you know, uh, would-be frustrated Hollywood actors that Hollywood rejected them and so they turned to religion as a means to express themselves. They're called television evangelists. Uh, that, none of that would have worked for me. Uh, religious books about God, uh, conferences, uh, and the bottom line is I wouldn't give you a nickel for all the religion in the world. I mean, I just, it just, it's not, so when I say, what I'm saying is none of the avenues that are out there that are used for uh, attracting people to God, none of that would ever work for me. It didn't work for me. And I know that. And I'm sort of beginning to think that maybe you might fit into that same category. Put everything in a box and none of this would have worked for me. And I'm dealing with the masses of people who will never connect to God by religion, okay? That's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to people, at least I think so, who will never connect up with God through religion, all right? Well, actually, Jesus deals with this subject. Now, this is amazing here. Let's take a look at this scripture here, John 4 and verse 19. Okay. Breaking into the middle of thought, the woman was at the well. Jesus came up and asked for a drink of water. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You can read the whole story for yourself, but I'm breaking into the middle of it here. Uh, Our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say in Jerusalem is the place where, where we ought to worship. Now, let me just insert something here. The dumbest thing I just got, someone sent me an email, and... It was called Letters to God. And what you would do is you'd write a letter to God, send it, and this just happened to me, an email explaining this. Just got it not long ago. You send your prayer by email to this, some guru, some guy over in Jerusalem, and he takes it, your letter, and sticks it in the wall over there. 
Now that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, I can't believe people are so gullible to fall for that nonsense. What? Why do I need this? What's wrong with my own prayers? Just saying, God, help me. Why do I need to send it to some guy over in Jerusalem so he can stick it in a wall? You know, the gullibility of religious people never ceases to amaze me. You know, and I think one of the reasons this people are so gullible is that they just are so unsure of their relationship with God that they'll try anything. They'll write a letter and send it to some guy in Jerusalem so he can stick it in the wall over there. And God, I guess, likes walls. And uh, prayers, he looks down and he says, ah, there's a prayer in that wall right there. I'm going to look at that one. Yeah. Okay, let's continue on. Had to get that nonsense out there. All right. John 4, verse 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me that the hour is come when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you know not. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. Here's the verse I wanted to get to. The hour is coming, and now is. Notice this. The, the, now's the time. The, right now. When the true worshiper... <clears throat> shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now this little statement here, that the true worshiper is going to worship God the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, it's sort of to our disadvantage that He did not elaborate more, but here, Jesus sort of poo-poos the idea of a specific place of worship. You know, I just got to go get my religion this Sunday morning at church. He sort of just dismisses that concept. He doesn't say anything about revival, about gospel music, uh, about religious music, television evangelists, gospel tracts, religious books, conferences. He didn't say anything about that. He just said, that, you know, the true worshiper is going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? So, how to have a relationship with God without religion. Now, let me give you some advice. Choosing a church should be way down on the list of a mature Christian. Choosing a church should be way down on the list of a mature Christian. People have it backwards. Most people choosing the church of their choice is the first step. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get me some religion. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You've screwed up right off the get-go if that's your attitude. You know, there was a list of things that I knew before I ever darkened the door of a church. Number one, I understood that you, that you had to be baptized, that you had to repent of your sins and sin was the breaking of God's law, 1 John 3, 4, and that I needed to be baptized, and uh, baptism represent the burial of the old man. I understood that, too, the law was good for me. I didn't have a bad attitude about the God's law. I understood that the Sabbath was the fourth commandment. I understood that the futility of pagan holidays. I knew all of this before I ever darkened the door of the church. In fact, the first time I went to church, I was going there to be baptized. So choosing, what I'm saying is this, you need to seek a relationship first before you ever choose a church. 
You need to get some education first from the Bible before you choose a church. Choosing a church should be way down on the list of a mature Christian. Again, people have it backwards. Choosing the church of your choice is how most people enter into a perceived, and it is a perceived, relationship with God. Okay, how to have a relationship with God without religion? Number one, start with the Bible. The Bible must be looked at as the Word of God, an instruction manual on how to make your life work. Yeah, it's just that simple. Listen, as you study the Bible, when you come to things that you don't want to do, just admit, God, I don't want to do that. That's a, realize, when it comes to God's will, everything is voluntary. You know, I do talk a lot about obedience in my program, and obedience is important, but what I want you to understand as an individual is your obedience is voluntary. It was for Adam and Eve. Yes, God said, don't eat of that tree, you know, of good and evil, of the knowledge of good and evil. He gave them a command. Yes, he did give them a command. He's given you a command, 10 commandments actually, but it was still voluntary. They were free to do it or not do it. So we gotta understand this, love must be free. You must have the freedom to love God. All right, when you come to things that you don't wanna do in the Bible, don't build a theology explaining why you don't do this. That's religion, okay? That's what religion is all about. Religion is nothing more than an explanation as to why we don't do what the Bible says. Most of religion is, is just that. I mean, there's whole books and theologies and, and, and manuals and written about, this is why we don't obey God. This is why we don't do this. This is why we don't do that. This is why we don't do this. This is why we just believe it's just all grace and nothing. You don't do anything. That's religion. So I'm saying, when you come to areas where you don't want to do what the Bible says, don't build a theology explaining why you don't do it. Okay. One of the comments from my website, is that really in the Bible.org? Someone commented and said, your site is the easiest place I've found to connect to Bible truths without the BS dogma. And I got a kick out of that, without the BS dogma. And that is so true because a lot of dogma, all you've got is just more religion, okay? Just more religion. Okay, how to have a relationship with God without religion. Number two, study creation. You know, the Moody videos is a great place to start with that. Study creation. And in fact, I would say long before you ever darken the door of a church, study creation. The things that are there. Romans 1 and verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. That's what you want to look at. Everything that's around you, the things that are made. Even his eternal power in Godhead. Yeah, you can understand God's eternal power and Godhead just by looking at the things that are made so that they are without excuse. Okay, so you look at God's power and divinity that can be, that is revealed by the things that are made. You will never enter into a relationship with God until you first take a look at everything that surrounds you. How do you come to understand God? His power and divinity uh, by going to church, right? No. Uh, by revival, by gospel music, no. By um, 
mm, gospel tracts, by witnessing, by preachers, uh, by television evangelists, by relig religious books, by going to a religious conference. No, that's not how you come to understand God. By studying creation. You know, the Sabbath was a memorial of creation, or is a memorial of creation. And uh, often I enjoy so much a Sabbath off when I don't have to preach. And, uh, you know, I'll just sit out on my deck and I'll look at maybe a hummingbird. You know, that a hummingbird, its wings beat 70 times per second. It's one of the few birds, or only bird, that can fly, hover backwards, up, down, you know, 70 times a second. You know, study mankind. Study your hand. All the bones involved in your hands and what makes it move like that. You know, study the earth. The earth travels around the sun at a speed of 64,000 miles an hour. When you go to bed at night, and you're asleep, when you get up, you've traveled, just in the short time you've been asleep, you've traveled over a half million miles through space around the sun on this spaceship called Earth. Study these things and you will be in awe of God. Okay, how to have a relationship with God without religion. Try to understand and obey God. Try to understand and obey. Hebrews 5 and verse 8 says this. It says, Though he were a son, yet he learned, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You know, this is why I say, look, you know, if we're talking about a relationship with God, I say try to understand and obey. A lot of people don't understand the importance of obedience. It really reveals your submission to God, where your heart is at, and whether God can trust you or not. Uh, this verse says God, Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You can't get away from this point. Obedience is important. Now, when I talk about obedience, don't just, though, practice blind obedience. Blind obedience will make you a Pharisee, and I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people like that. They just think, okay, this is what the Bible says, I'm going to do it. And they never ask the question, why? God wants you to understand why he gives you things to do, why his law says to do certain things. He wants you to understand why. Once you understand why, you will be delighted to understand that it's for my own benefit. It's for my own good. You know, the Israelites were told that uh, and this has been a long time ago, but when they went out to relieve themselves to, you know, do number two, they, they were told to take a little shovel, go outside the camp, dig a trench, and relieve themselves and cover it up, bury it, you know, human waste. Now, here's what you want to understand. The principle of God's law is always good. The principle of God's law remains the same. How you apply it can change. How you apply that law can change. The principle of this law was human waste should be buried. Okay? The application of that today has changed a little bit because of our modern sewage systems, which is really, you know, a brilliant idea and probably better than just burying, you know, it with a shovel. So the principle remains the same. The application can change. 
And uh, a lot of God's law fits into that category where the application, how you apply it, has changed. There's so many laws that are really great laws in the Bible. They're all good laws, and they're all for your benefit. They're all for your understanding. There was laws that you should not mix certain fabrics. There were laws that you shouldn't plow of an ox and an ass. And uh, the, you know, the, the meaning behind that law is that there are some things that just don't mix. There are some relationships, some you know, husband and wives uh, relationship that they probably shouldn't mix because one's an ox, one's an ass. Uh, there are some business relationship that you shouldn't, the two of you should not get involved in. So, uh, you know, again, the principle of God's law remains the same. The application uh, can change. They were told to build railings on their flat roof home. That, the, you know, the principle is good. It was human safety, human protection. Put a railing on your roof to keep people from falling off. Today, the application has changed in that those laws are actually built into our building code system. That says if you build a deck so many inches off the ground, you need to put a railing on it. Well, the same, that's the same, you know, principle is still there. The, 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 the principle of God's law is always good, but the application, how you apply it, can change. My point is this, there's no way to have a relationship with God without the willingness to obey Him. If you don't have that, you're never going to enter into a relationship with God. Okay, number four, ask God how to have a relationship with God without religion. Ask God to show you how to be filled with His Holy Spirit. You know, <clears throat> the, the, the lack of Holy, the Holy Spirit in your life makes you incomplete. You have what is called a spirit in man. We all have that. It's what makes you, you, you. It's what makes you unique and different, the spirit in man. But you are not whole. You are not complete with just that half of a spirit. You were created to receive the spirit of God that makes you a whole being. And until you receive it, you will go Many people go to their grave knowing something's missing in my life. I wonder what it is. I just feel like something's missing. Yeah, something's missing. It's called the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. Romans 8 and verse 9 says this, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. It's so critical, you know, and I'm not talking about something mystical or mysterious that you can't understand. It is a literal thing that occurs when a person uh, accepts Christ as their personal Savior, goes down in the waters of baptism, you have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Spirit of God. And at that moment, if you are sincere and your heart is right, you will receive a portion of God's Holy Spirit that unites with your spirit and a new creature in Christ starts to develop. You know, this is an absolute fact. It's your moment of conception. And many Christians have never had their moment of conception. You know, it's like a woman running around saying, I'm half pregnant. There's no such thing as being half pregnant. You either are or you are not. Uh, and so you either have the Spirit of God or you do not. And there is a way to receive the Spirit of God. There's a specific way to go about receiving the Spirit of God. Okay, Acts 5.32 says this, and, and we are His witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them that obey Him. There's that word again. 
God gives his spirit to them that obey him. Okay, number five, ask God to call you. Ask God to call you. Yeah, in order to, you know, if you are interested at all in the things of God, it's, 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 there's a reason you're interest, interested in it. It's because probably God is calling you. God is opening up your mind and heart to receive what you're hearing. John 6 and verse 65 says this. It says, and he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come to me. Jesus is speaking. He said, look, no man can come to me except it was given unto him of my Father. And now I get that. Jesus is saying, no one can enter into a relationship with me except it's given to him by my Father. God has to do the calling. And, you know, God will not call a person one second before they're ready to accept the truth. Yeah. People can be in their 80s and, and you know, God has never called them because they just can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. That was a statement in some type of movie. But, you know, God will not call a person one second before they're willing to accept the truth. How do you know when God is calling you? Well, you know because God brings you to a point of unconditional surrender. That's how you know. Now, I didn't say a point of desperation. A lot of people are brought to, by circumstances, their own stupidity, they're brought to a point of desperation. You know, they get caught. Uh, they serve some jail time. They get caught stealing. They get caught, you know, by their business, maybe look, looking at pornography or whatever. They, their wife catches them doing something. Something stupid, you know, and they're brought to a point of desperation. And they think, oh, I got to give me some religion. You know, I'm going to get religious now. No, no, that doesn't work. Their conversion lasts until things get better. Once things get better, it's bye-bye, God. I don't need you anymore. So I'm talking about being brought to a point of unconditional surrender. How do you know when you've been brought to that point? Well, here's how. You will do anything God asks you to do. Anything God tells you to do, you'll do it, you know. And things like, you know, accepting Christ as your personal Savior, unconditional surrender, the willingness to obey God. When God called me, you know, I never wanted to be religious. And uh, I'm one of those persons that, that, you know, like I said, the masses of people who I'm talking to today, the masses of people who will never connect to God through religion or by religion. I was one of those people. And when God began to call me and, and revealed I needed to be baptized, I thought, oh boy, I don't want to do that. That's religious. But, you know, God had his way. So, <clears throat> how to have a relationship with God without religion? And I'm convinced that there's a lot of people that fit into that category who will never connect to God by what's out there as religion. They just never will connect. So, Number one, start with the Bible. The Bible must be looked at as the Word of God, an instruction manual on how to make your life work. Two, study creation. Study creation. Three, try to understand and obey God. If you come to something you don't want to do, just tell God, Lord, I don't want to do this. At least your honesty, your honesty will keep you in a relationship with God. If you're playing games, you're out of the loop. Okay, four. Ask God to show you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how to receive the Holy Spirit. There's a way to receive the Spirit of God. Five, ask God to call you. Ask God to call you. 
And so the bottom line is this, you know, don't, don't chase after more religion. Again, choosing a church should be way down on the list of a mature seeker after God. Because a lot of churches, all you're gonna do is just get more confused or you're gonna be deceived by what they're teaching you. Don't seek after more religion. Seek a relationship with God. And that's what's really in your Bible.